The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. <laughs> His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? And thank you, Darlene. Welcome to this edition of Catch and Shoot 2.0. We are joined this week not by Aaron Berlin, but our own producer, the executive director of our show here, Bruce Bernstein. Thank you so much, Bruce, for joining us. We got a lot to talk about. Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's about 50 degrees and pouring rain here in uh, Connecticut, so uh, it feels like the season should be getting ready to start right now. That is the weird thing. My, my whole calibration is off. I mean, this is the time of year, early October, uh, where we usually see teams going overseas to play some exhibition games. But instead, we are wrapping up a season. And we're wrapping up a season uh, because the Lakers dispatched the Heat on Sunday night in six games. Not five, as I predicted, but close enough. And um, hey, look, they, they raised banner number 17 to the Raptors, tying your Boston Celtics. So. As a Celtics fan, how does that make you feel? Where does this Lakers team rank? Break it down. I am. Uh, pro I was probably the only Celtics fan in the United States that was actually pulling for the Lakers because they were my preseason pick to win it all. So everyone wants to think that they're pretty smart. And, and I have a couple of friends that are in that organization that I think you know the world of and where some of them were getting pounded pretty bad in the media. So I was happy that they were able to be vindicated. So it made me feel great. And it, all it really makes me feel like is that next year, we got to have a Celtics-Lakers final to break the tie, Otto. Absolutely. Yeah, that would, that would be pretty special. I tell you, I tell you what, I'm going to savor this one for a while because, you know, we went from going, uh, you know, there were a number of naysayers out there who said, well, if they do get this thing across the finish line, there's no way that this championship ranks along with, the, with all of the others. But I, I think, personally, this, is, this has got to be the hardest one. Play for 60 games, take a break, not sure when you're going to come back. Oh, by the way, it's a virus that could kill you. Come back, can't see your family for three months. I mean, that, that's, that's, a hell of a, that's a hell of an ask. It was just a remarkable achievement for the league and for the discipline that the players and the staff showed to kind of do the right thing while they were down there, keep themselves clean and healthy and not do anything stupid with a, one or two exceptions that were gone earlier in the playoffs. Um, but I have this question for you as a Lakers fan. Does LeBron get a statue outside Staples Center for one championship or does he need to win another Ooh, one? That's a good question. The Lakers, such, the, such a storied franchise. I, I think you're going to have to bring more than one. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I like. I, th I think he's going to have to. Definitely going to have to bring more than one. You know, if if one title, uh, you know, get, got you got you a, a championship outside of outside of Staples, 
then they wouldn't be the Lakers, if you know what I mean. I mean, they are, they are who they are because of all of the greatness that has come before uh, and, the, and the, the years of doing it again and again and again. So one, sorry, one doesn't get it done. But, um, but it's, so I have this question for you. Now that LeBron has won third, uh, well, fourth title, but a third with, with three separate teams, and an MVP, finals MVP with three separate teams. Where does this put him with the, the classic Jordan versus LeBron debate? Well, I've been one of the few people for about the last 10 years that has been saying, and it was before this, and it was really right after he got to Miami, I think when we close the book on this guy's career eventually, and I'm thinking based on what I've seen, he's got a good two years at peak form and maybe three or four more if he so chooses, if he wants to wait for uh, Bronny to make it to the league so that he can, you know, extend into an entirely new realm. I think, and I've said this before, if Dr. Naismith himself had gone into the laboratory and said, I'm going to create the perfect basketball player, I think that player would come out looking a whole lot like LeBron James for any number of reasons. Durability, versatility, skill, great teammate, great passer, makes people better. I'm, you know, he's all, he's been my favorite player for a long time, even though he's never been on a team that I liked. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, an, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, you you kind of hope uh, as, as LeBron said himself, you know, he wants his damn respect. Uh, I think he's, I think he has a lot of respect, but in those corners, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Take <laughs> We're not worthy. Um, for, for those folks who, who still don't get it, I mean, I don't know what else the man can, can do exactly um, to, to convince you that, that he is, that he is all, all that. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, plays defense, uh, you know, is, is there for his guys, you know, picking them up in any kind of way he needs, um, you know, coaching, you know, we've seen how vocal he is, you know, on the floor and in the sidelines and, uh, in the huddle. And, and I also liked, I thought this was really cool, kind of the way that he, because we really didn't see this, uh, you saw a little bit with Kyrie, and obviously that wasn't, the, the dynamic wasn't there in Miami, didn't have to be, but the way that he kind of took AD under his wing, and like that, you've really kind of felt that that was maybe, you know, another piece of LeBron, another side of him that we hadn't really seen years earlier. Sure, he's a great teammate, but, but to actually kind of bring him along and show him like, this is, this is how we do what we do. I think the fact that AD pretty much idolizes LeBron makes it a lot easier. I mean, and look, I've, LeBron has always wanted his teammates to do well. That was always one of the knocks on him where they said, well, he doesn't have the killer instincts. He passes the ball. He makes the right play. He gave Danny Green that shot in yep. game five Good because fun. it was the right play to make. And so, it, to me, it's not at all unusual that he would have this respect for AD. And at AD, you can see, you know, clearly see, I mean, reveres LeBron James. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, so the legacy question, I feel like, will, 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 be, will be a question that we'll that will <laughs> be talking about this for decades, long after his career is done. But I do wonder, it, you know, if he were to, and because you, you put it out there, play another two or three years, if he were to three-peat with the Lakers, if he were to go to something crazy, I don't know, won a title, win a title with a fourth team, is, are those things that would move the needle in the, you know, in, in, the, in the basketball conversation, do you think? 
One of the uh, things that has seemed to have been like solidified in the minds of many over the past 20 years is that, well, nobody could ever be better than Michael Jordan because, you know, Michael Jordan was six for six in the finals and Michael Jordan was, you know, all, all legitimate things. But it's like, you know what? If, if that's why we're going to say that LeBron isn't better than um, MJ, why can't we say that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with six NBA championships and three NCAA championships, why can't he be better than Jordan? Why can't Bill Russell with 11 championships in 13 seasons, why can't he be better than Jordan? The whole thing's very subjective, you know, obviously. But it's like, you know what? The, the Jordan defenders will always say, well, LeBron lost six times in the finals, whatever. And it's like, did you see some of the bums he dragged to the finals along the way? I mean, so they, you know, I'm, I'm never <laughs> going to shortchange LeBron James in this discussion, but I think we can fairly yeah. say, Otto, and tell me how, how you feel about this. We will say that Michael's the GOAT because, you know, so many people will never believe otherwise, but we can also say that LeBron had the best career probably when it's all said and done of anybody. And that will probably include Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who played 20 seasons. LeBron has almost reached his total numbers for playoff and, and regular season scoring through 17. So probably sometime either late next season, if it's a full season or early in the 21, 22 season, he will eclipse Kareem for total points, playoffs and regular season. So Otto, I don't know how you feel, but uh, I'm definitely on Team LeBron on this one. Oh, I've been on Team LeBron for a while. I mean, I, I just it's just the, the the everything that he can do on on the on the floor, as well as and maybe maybe even more so the basketball IQ. You know, the the, the passing, the you know, kind of you know, working working with teammates. I mean, I've, I've like you have been able to uh, privileged to be able to see some of the things behind the scenes that that just make you realize how truly uh, great and awesome he is. Um, the, the, the way he approaches conditioning, the way he approaches the game, the respect he has for the game, the history of the game. I mean, we, we could just go on and on. I have one final question on LeBron and we're going to move on to you. And you brought it up with respect to his son. What, so like crystal ball, let's fast forward two or three years. What does that look like? Do the, do the, if he's with the Lakers, do the Lakers, well, does he – so if he wanted to – because I heard him talk about that he wanted to play with his son on the same team. So that would mean that he couldn't be in the draft. So he'd be undrafted. But is that the – maybe I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. What, how, how, does that, how would that work exactly? I mean, I guess it depends on how good Bronny is. I mean, look, if Bronny is, is anything close to what his daddy is, uh, <laughs> he'll be drafted really, really high. But if Bronny is just sort of like a middle-of-the-road – talent let's say you know let, let's say he's you know somebody who might be a second round pick or whatever then I mean maybe whoever LeBron's playing for his team takes a flyer on it because the amount of publicity for that and the notoriety and just the historical significance of that I think would be good for any franchise to be able to kind of put out there mm. so you know but, you know but I mean if he's really really good then LeBron might have to sign with the Knicks because that's who's probably going to draft him if he's really, really good because, you know, they always draft pretty high. Yep. All right, so I'm going to bring up the name of another player on the Lakers, and it's not going to be the guy you think I'm going to bring up because of your uh, association with your Celtics. And, you know, this, this is a guy who has, has, you know, the nickname Playoff Rondo. So Playoff Rondo, is that, is that a compliment or is that an insult? 
I think it's a I think it's a compliment because when the you know pressure is the highest, I mean, you know, he seems to play his best. I mean, but I see what you're saying there, Otto. You're basically saying, well, why don't you do it all the time, you know, or why were you kind of a negative force on some of the other teams that you were on, you know, and even towards the end in Boston, I mean, you know, it didn't seem like he and Doc Rivers got along all that well. But you know what? Look, look, look what Rondo did. Okay, he was he was the guy who, when LeBron was not in the game, mm-hmm. he was kind of playing that role for them, basically yep. organizing the team. And you know, obviously, he and AD also had a very special sort of thing going from Absolutely. when they were together with the Pelicans. So, yep. um, I'm you know, I and I'm going to ask you this question: Do you think? that Rondo, and, and you can say what you want to say about him first, but at some point, is this, is Springfield in his future? Ooh, that's, that's, uh, I oof. think it is. I yeah, think it I is. Think, I, I, th- I think what, what he kind of, what he did this season certainly cemented it. Um, or, or, or could, you could make an argument that it, that it uh, could or, or that it would or may. Um, but as we know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's your basketball career. So, you know, he'll have, he'll have more, more basketball. Um, you know, in, in, he's also a guy with a tremendously high basketball IQ. And so who knows where he goes next. But, uh, but one of the things, cause I mean, the whole Rondo question has fascinated me all the way back to the Boston days. They were, there were, I mean, you probably remember seeing these, there was these green signs that fans had. You'd said, you got Rondo <laughs> that, that you would see in the garden years ago or TD garden, I guess per 36 minutes. He was actually averaging better stats this year than he was when he led the, the Celtics when he was 21. Now, you know, obviously, you know, it's more points, more assists, but, but the big, the big stat, uh, the, the eye popping stat is how he's shooting the ball from three, you know, 40% now versus 25%. And there are a lot of reasons for that, how the game is played, but, but uh, I didn't want to let a show go without, without giving Rondo his due. Well, look, no conversation about the NBA Finals can be had without talking about the Miami Heat. They certainly gave the Lakers a lot more game than I think most people were expecting. Uh, and the conversation on the Heat basically starts and stops with Jimmy Butler, who kind of, he was clearly an established player in the alpha on, on the Heat, but he kind of had his own coming out party uh, in a way. Would you, would you not agree? Yeah, and I mean, he totally resurrected his image. I mean, look, when he was with Chicago, Rondo was actually his teammate in Chicago, and they really got into it because Butler was very tough on the young players, whereas Rondo kind of went to bat for them. You might remember that a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's done a 180 because now he's become the guy that really did kind of rally the younger guys and encourage those guys. You know, he had some stops in Minnesota. Philadelphia did not go well. But uh, he he's such a hoop junkie that he found exactly the team that he should be on because everyone talks about that heat culture, which is basically, you know, laser focus on everything. Jimmy fit that uh, perfectly. And I think uh, that was a, a, a great marriage for both sides. How did you feel about all that? Uh, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I feel like the word that comes to my mind is validation. I mean, yes, he does not walk away with a ring, but it's a validation of everything that Jimmy Butler is, the way he plays, the way he approaches the game. And I, you know, his like his his whatever where, whatever happens Miami Heat for life or wherever he may go his 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 stock has risen tremendously, um, and I think people will will approach Jimmy you know with that kind of older school mentality with with a newfound appreciation and respect for what he can do, um, and he too was with somebody who 
you know, I mean, clearly was the star, but, but was, was all about team and, and team ball. And there was, you know, I didn't pick up much sense of ego. Now, obviously it wasn't in the bubble, but I, you know, I, he came across as someone who was just, you know, we need four wins, how they come, where they come from and how we get there. I don't care. We need four wins. Um, he was, he was very, very quick to give credit to Bam, to give credit to Tyler Hero, to do whatever it took to win. I mean, he played, you know, 43, 44 minutes a game, couple games, he barely sat down at all. So uh, he left everything out there, no doubt oh, yeah. about it, and, and, and has many admirers now that he maybe didn't have before. No, I agree. Now, so, so looking at the, you know, taking a deeper dive into the heat, um, you know, there were, there was, it was really surprising how, how guy, the younger guys, uh, I mean, you know, we knew what Bam could do, but you didn't necessarily know, would he be able to do that in the finals? Tyler Hero would just, I mean, he looked like he'd been balling for three or four years already. Um, and just the way that their team kind of uh, came prepared, which is, which is obviously a testament to Eric Spolster and how their whole organization approaches, um, you, know, you know, the finals and basketball in general. But, but speaking about the kind of the others, uh, what, would you, what would you say about them? Uh, the others on the Miami on the, team? On, on the Heat, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, everybody there sort of knew their role. I mean, towards the end, Spolstra really shortened the rotation. I think in the last couple games, I mean, he used, you know, only in some garbage time in game six, you know, did some more guys get in there. But, you know, Kelly Olenek had a had a good role early, and then he, he pulled back. You never heard of any kind of anger or upset or anything. I mean, that's a, that's a buttoned-up organization. I mean, look, I think – when, when LeBron was there early on, he really didn't seem like the biggest fan of Eric Spolstra. And LeBron was used to having his way. And Pat Riley said, this guy's the coach, okay, you know. So uh, LeBron probably learned some lessons there. But it also, you know, by Riles empowering Spolstra as much as he did, I mean, he's going to be coaching there for another 10, 12, 15 years. Who knows? He's only like 50, right? I mean, he's a young guy. So uh, you got to give a lot of credit. I mean, look, you know, Riles, uh, their, their capologist, Andy Ellisberg, who you've probably seen, he's that big Husky fellow that, that's part of their team. He's, he's, those are the brains in that organization, along with Spolstra. They're set, I mean, and they, and they are all loyal to one another. Um, I mean, look, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, those guys, you know, Philadelphia, there's, there's now another team up there that's just as good as all of you all. I got one. I got, yeah, and, I, and the Eastern Conference got one more word for you, Brooklyn. Oh my God, they might be the favorite preseason next year. Who knows? It's gonna. It, it, it'll be. It'll be exciting. But let's let's talk about some of the you know sticking with the bubble and the young guys. Um, I mean, we saw some tremendous basketball. Again, we didn't know what we were going to get, um, but with Nikolai Jokic, uh, with with um, Mal Murray, with um, I mean, just, just so many contributions from so many places. Um, you know, obviously just the way and the level of the basketball. Were there guys that impressed you or um, I mean, Devin Booker of the, of the Suns? I mean, there's just there's so, so, many, so many names that come to mind here. Are there guys that you kind of had a, you know, took another look at or, or, or view with a new light now that, now that the, the bubble is done? 
Well, you know, for guys like us, we watch a ton of NBA games. I wouldn't call us casual fans. I'd call us pretty, you know, deeply embedded in what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we knew about all those guys. We knew about Jamal Murray. We knew about Luka Doncic down in the Dallas Metroplex, where you're Absolutely. spending some time these days. Absolutely. Um, and, and I mean, some of the gunslingers like Donovan Mitchell and Tyler Hero and, and Jamal Murray and Devin Booker. But I think I would say, you know, watch out next year for Phoenix. I mean, Devin Booker people forget when they had the uh whatever the the, 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 the 22 the teams yeah yeah they went eight no they, they were the only team that went eight no and yeah. they've got deandre ayton who's a you know solid young center and and uh, booker so i would say you know again who knows when next year even is but yeah. when next year does roll around i i think watch for phoenix to take take a pretty big uh, step forward. How, how about you? Who who were you, uh, you know, loving after watching all this? Well, after watching the bubble, uh, you know, I, I obviously I, I I did like Denver. I, I love I love their game. I mean, they you know keep keep the ball moving. Um, you know, the the question is going to be, you know, was it was it lightning in a bottle or is it or is it the real deal? I tend to think it's it's the real deal. Um, Houston, you kind of you know we'll see where the coaching carousel you know stops, but that'll that'll be a very interesting. Um, thing to figure out and you know you also you know Portland you kind of wonder I mean Damian with all of those monster games that he was having um, and people forget that we're just like or you know most folks I guess uh, last season they 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 came like this close to actually you know getting to the getting to the finals I mean so there's there's a lot of reason for NBA fans to be excited about um, about what 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 is coming our way we don't know when it's coming our way but but uh, so to to that end, do you have a, a thought on when um, when the season may start up again, and probably more importantly, how the the length of the break, because uh, it's obviously not going to be as long as it would have been, how that impacts teams? You know, are the Lakers going to be hurt by a shorter break? Are the are a team like the Warriors going to be, you know, getting a jump start because of how long they've been off and guys who are hurt are are now going to be you know, rested and ready to go? I mean, one of the things, you know, I, 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 here's one where I don't know any more than anyone else who reads The Athletic or ESPN.com. I mean, they're talking about possibly starting up again right around Martin Luther King holiday, which I'm thinking, I'm not sure the exact date. I think it's in somewhere between the 12th and the 18th. I haven't mm-hmm. looked at my 2021 calendar yet. Um, so that's what? That's what, a little over three months? Yep. That doesn't seem... Uh, that doesn't seem likely to me. I think, you know, I, but again, they, and, and if they do do that, are they going to try and get 82 games in? How's it going to work? Are they going to play series where teams play each other consecutive games to reduce travel? There's so many, you know, unknowns that it's almost, you know, hard to even say, are they going to try, are they going to maybe do 70 games, right? Mm-hmm. That's been kind of the magic number for the regional sports networks to, to, you know, have what's considered a full season so and obviously money is a huge deal here Otto so um, do you have any insight on when this thing is going to start up again I, I don't have insight but what I do have is concern that COVID is, is still going to be with us in half of the country it's still going to be you know the dead of winter cold and flu season and you know I mean the, the, the crazy in me says why not start with a bubble I know that sounds crazy to say why not start with a bubble for a month you can get 20 games in, you know, maybe 20 is too high, maybe 15 games in or something like that. 
see how everyone's a full bubble with all all teams and then maybe after that you progress out um once it's kind of see where we are as a as a country as a society with uh, vaccines and just how the virus is is doing i mean so yeah well you know i mean who knows what the availability of the facilities in disney is even going to be i mean look if the you know florida seems to be pretty loose when it comes to allowing more and more public things to happen so it might be that you know walt disney world uh you know the maybe those hotels might be you know having different customers coming in i i really don't know and i know but i know that the league one of their big priorities is to have fans in the stands when they do start playing again whether that's a 25 percent capacity or some other number so that's why i say i mean there are so many things that we don't know it's almost impossible to really forecast what it's going to look like. Um, but one thing that I do think that we'll probably be looking at is, you know, some teams got some work to do, Otto. I mean, I don't know how you felt about the Clippers this year, but uh, a lot of people were disappointed. I wasn't buying them in year one, but I might be buying them in year two as they have a little more time together. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, some of the teams that maybe flamed out a little bit? Uh, you know, no doubt the Clippers were a huge disappointment, and I'm not so sure that. Look, I mean, ch yes, you know, chances are the. I mean, I think part of the problem is nobody knows what next season is going to look like, when it's going to start, how it's going to how it's going to go, and so therefore you're you're left kind of wondering. Um, you know, if I if I knew that it was a, a 70 game season and this is where we're going to play, when we're going to start, when we're going to finish. I might feel a certain kind of way if I knew that there were going to be a ton of back-to-backs, which doesn't really seem like something they would do. But if there were going to be a ton of back-to-backs and a guy like uh, Kawhi with Leonard was not going to be playing as much, um, I'm, I might feel a little bit differently. But as we know, you know, if you're, if you're a team like of the Clippers caliber, you get to the playoffs and you do your damage from there. Uh, but, uh, but other teams that, that I'm kind of curious about, I, I'm really interested in Philly. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Doc Rivers going to Philadelphia, um, you know, I, I have a feeling that he's going to be able to provide the energy. I'm uh, going to love to see how Joel and Mead and Ben Simmons work, work, with, uh, work with Doc. I mean, I, I don't think that they could, they could have asked for a better situation for them. Kind of fell into, fell into their lap in a certain, in certain sense. Um, and it sucks for, you know, that, that, that Doc had to have the parting the way he did. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's only going to be great for, for Philly and Philly fans. Well, you know, Doc has some experience in, in kind of finding ways to get superstars to work together. Now, it didn't really work out well for him this year in Clipperland, but, you know, it's funny. Sometimes the first year with these guys together, it, it doesn't go that well. I mean, look, when LeBron and Wade and Bosch got together for their first season, they didn't win the championship. They did make it to the finals, but they didn't win. They lost to Dallas in 2011. So I think, and I still happen, I'm still kind of high on Tobias Harris as a, as a player. So I think with Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, if Doc can get those three sorted out and they find some complimentary guys to go alongside, I've heard some rumor that they might want to try and trade for Chris Paul and then just put Ben Simmons off the ball permanently and let CP3. Now, again, CP's scheduled to make like 45 million bucks next year. So I'm not sure how that works salary-wise, if it even could. But I'm a big Doc Rivers fan. I think this year was total, you know, aberration in LA, Otto. And I think if anybody can unlock that thing in Philadelphia, 
uh, Doc Rivers might be the guy to do it. All right. So, so we're going to, we're going to uh, take an, about 30 seconds and embarrass ourselves uh, in a year, you know, a year from now, who will be in the NBA finals in 2021, assuming that they actually gets played in 2021. Uh, okay. So you're, you're, you're begging me to say Celtics against the Warriors. So that's a clip and save. What about so you? I was, I was still going, I was right. I was going in. I was see. I was going in a similar direction. I'm going to say that a title comes back to New York City, Brooklyn Warriors. There it is. And, and, and instead of the Larry O'Brien Trophy, they'll just call it the Kevin Durant Trophy, and and, <laughs> and and whatever you know those things are, they'll just have to superimpose KD's heads on them. Exactly. Exactly. So. So, uh, so for the listeners, we've given you guys some some fodder for uh, for, uh, and I, I know this is going to be coming back my way in 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 some number of months. I don't know how many months, but but uh, so consider this a, a wrap up, if you will, on the on the NBA season for uh, for night for 2019 2020. Uh, we know we'll have some, a lot of off season basketball to talk about uh, in the in the in the weeks ahead, and the draft, and all kinds of good stuff, and. Uh, our, uh, my usual co-host, uh, Aaron Berlin, will be back. Uh, Bruce, I want to thank you for, for filling in and joining. Uh, we'll spring Aaron from the bubble somehow. <laughs> but, no, uh, it's, it's, it's been uh, – I, I want to I thank Aaron for, uh, you know, being on his secret mission in the undisclosed lo- location so that I get a little airtime with my man Otto, who, you know, Otto and I have been friends for quite some time. So this is the first time we've ever been able to do this show together. And, Aaron, thanks for taking a week off. And, Otto, thanks for putting up with me. Hey, no problem, no problem. So that officially closes uh, this edition of Catch Shoot 2.0. I want to thank once again my co-host and, and normally the big boss, Bruce Bernstein, as well as our producer, the man in the chair, Scott Turkin, and our editor, Tom Phillips. Uh, shameless plug uh, before we say goodbye. Uh, please check out all of our Pure Hoops Media shows, Full Court Press with John Fanta. Uh, he's going to have Rutgers head coach Steve Peichel this week. He has a new show each Tuesday. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is here with a new show every Thursday. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman swing by every Friday with the Pure Hoops podcast. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday. And Mike had a great roundtable panel talking about LeBron James and the Lakers this week. And Otto and Aaron are back every Wednesday with a new Catch and Shoot 2.0 from Pure Hoops Media. Listen, review, five-star rating if you don't mind. And folks, you know what's coming next. Lastly, COVID-19 is with us, going to be with us a long time. We are now getting into cold and flu season. We see numbers going up. So please, please, please wash hands, wear masks, social distance. It makes a difference. It could save someone's life. Perhaps your own. Take care. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.